What's up guys, this is Cash Cows Poker TV, back with you again with your boy Jones. Uh, we're back with you bringing you more fantasy football action. We're going to go into a deep dive on this Thursday preview. I'm still a little under the weather. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe and notification bell. Uh, Jones, what's going on, man? Uh, not too much, man. Uh, really, uh, like we touched on last week, a really goofy week as far as uh, the fantasy points go. Don't see scores needing to be that high for you to win season long and on DraftKings. So looking uh, looking forward to uh, not having to put up, you know, 250 to cash for anything big in DraftKings. Um, yeah. All right. Well, basically, let's give you guys the breakdown. We're going to jump into the Thursday game, give you guys a lot of details on that. And then you got then give you guys a few early plays for the weekend and wrap it up. So. Let's just get started on it. Patriots at home versus the G-Men. Uh, Wayne Gallman out with that concussion, confirmed, I believe. Uh, Saquon Barkley still out as well, also confirmed. The responsibilities, it looks like, go to... John Hilleman and Elijah Penny. Yes, and we're thinking more Hilleman than Penny for the for the most part, or are we thinking vice versa? The way it shook out yesterday, or last week when Gallman went out was Hilleman got the majority of the touches, but, I mean, look, neither of these guys are playable, okay? Uh, they're against the best run defense, against the best overall defense uh, in the league, and it's not even close. So, yes, those are the two guys in line. Neither one of them are playable. The game will not be close for either one of them to have a favorable game script. Now, on one of my 22 leagues where I happen to have three bye weeks and an injury. I literally am short two running backs and I have none on the roster now. I'm picking him up in hopes that at some point, you know, throughout the game he can get a few checkdowns and maybe fall into the end zone by some luck. That's the only way he's going to do anything. Oh, I'm with it. you. But there wasn't even any Ito Smiths or Deion Lewis's out there to, you know, try to get at. So it's like it's either this guy who at least is going to touch the ball or some third string guy that's probably not going to physically touch the ball. I could at least get lucky with this guy, you know. So that's the way I'm looking at that. He would be the deepest of deep stretches in leagues where you're so depleted at running back that you're literally picking up two off the waivers this week because of buys and injuries. Yeah, there's four buys this week, so a lot of buys. Yeah, a lot of buys, and I realized it going into my game like I'm missing all my bills. I'm miss, you know, I'm missing a ton of running backs this week because of buys and because of injuries. So in crunch time situations, obviously we do want to put a guy on the field who's going to touch the football. Uh, theoretically, we'll be out getting plenty of snaps on the field as opposed to a guy that's probably just going to watch from the sidelines for the most part. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're really affected by injuries, waiver wire, or not waiver wire, injuries and bye weeks, uh, you know, like some people are, and we'll get to this guy a little bit later, and it's a situation we have to monitor all the way until kickoff. But I would much prefer Chase Edmonds in his limited role than either of uh, Hilleman or Elijah Penny. Excellent point Jones touches on there where I just I was just talking about picking up two running backs, and he was the first one I picked up was yeah. Chase Edmonds. Excellent I, I point. Would, I would much rather, and, and if he gets, uh, because the reason why he's so valuable is David Johnson's lining up in the slot quite a bit. Uh, more than any running back is lining up beside Austin Eckler. So uh, that they need a running back in the backfield. That guy's Chase Edmonds. So his value comes from just being on the field in a game against the Falcons. Again, we'll get to it a little bit later, but uh, I, I would prefer him over a waiver wire pickup than a guy like Hilleman or Penny. 
Yeah, I'm I'm fully on board there. Chase Edmonds was probably my number one running back pickup this week when I was in a crunch time and knew the guy was actually going to have to play and not just be on the bench. Jalen Samuels was another first guy I looked at. I'm looking at number two. Jalen Samuels is down for, I believe, the year. Oh, is he done now? He is going to have surgery. And David Johnson is going to be questionable with the back all the way until kickoff. All right. Well, no more Jalen Samuels fun for us. That only lasted for two weeks. Um, I'm looking for guys in comparative to that, though, as far as number two guys that tend to actually be on the field with the number one. That's a big difference from being a number two that just gets third down work or something similar to that. When you can actually be out on the field for first or second down with the number one, then you're becoming more valuable and you're like a 1.5 at some point. Yeah, I mean, uh, injuries for the Giants. Uh, Sterling Shepard also out. Evan Ingram also out. Yeah. So uh, the passing attack then goes to Golden Tate, I would assume. We've seen Darius Slayton come in and pick up where... Um, Sterling Shepard left off last week, so I expect him to be in the lineup as well. We're talking about third and fourth rate receivers against what's already an elite defense. The only thing I can say about this game that doesn't just lead to a Patriots slaughter is just some weird thing in football where all of a sudden these receivers are just good for a week and you can't describe or explain it. But if anything and everything goes to plan... Look for an absolute shutdown by the Patriots this week. Um, avoid your Giants. I'm sorry, Daniel Jones, to the one sitting next to me because I can't have your boy in the game this week against those Patriots. Um, they're good. They're a solid football team. They're well coached, so I'm not going to mess with that. Yeah, and with, I mean, with that being said, uh, in, in my eyes, every Patriots player that uh, gets meaningful touches and meaningful snaps is in play. It, all but the tight ends. So, give me Josh Gordon. Give me Julian Edelman. Give me Burkhead if he's in. Give me Sony Michelle. Give me James White. Uh, Philip Dorsett. I, I don't. I don't even mind Philip Dorsett. All right, we're gonna stretch it on down to Philip Dorsett, which means pro- Tom Brady's probably a go as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That Giants defense, while it has been improved the last few weeks since Daniel Jones has taken over, it's still not a top defense by any means. Uh, look for a well-coached, ready-to-go Patriots team to uh, even barring a few fluke touchdowns, like we said, Hilleman or whatever might fall in. What do we say his name was? Yeah, Hilleman or uh, Elijah Penny. Yeah, one of them may fall into the end zone just to salvage a day for you, but only in desperation. Like I'd be shocked if any of them have a Wayne Gallman like twenty some odd point performance. Just shocked. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. I mean, it is football, and they are all professionals, I know, but... I'm not even going to give myself that out. Yeah, They're like... good. Like, no. neither one of those two backs are good. Avoid them. Um, I don't have a lot uh, more on this game. I look for it to be high scoring on the Patriots side and average to low scoring on the Giants side. I'm thinking this is a 31-14 type of thing. What do you think, Jones? Yeah, I mean, I would be surprised if they scored 14. I don't think okay. anyone... I don't think anyone's put up over 13 on the Patriots, so I'd be very surprised if they... All right, I'm going to go 31-10 then because I don't feel... Well, you know what? No, I'm sticking to my 31-14. Hey, Daniel Jones, all right? He's going to... He can get a little something done. He can move that football. 40-10. to Oh, wow. You're violent, aren't you? Why? Just because Belichick doesn't stop? Well, I mean, look at Belichick's record against quarterbacks who have never faced Belichick. They don't even have to be rookies. He brings something at you that's different than everyone else in the league. 
Okay, so we're we're not talking about a guy. We're not talking about a Matt Ryan who has been in the league for 10 years, 11 years, played them, had success against them. We're talking about a guy who has uh, no prior track record of success, even in college, was uh, mocked and and uh, doubted with reason. Uh, the guy was a turnover machine in college. Look it up. Uh, another thing that I would have hesitancy on with uh, taking any sort of Giants players is the fact that no one else has scored you know, over 13 points. I just I have a hard time believing that, uh, you know. Who scored the 13? I can't even remember, man. Like, their first game was 33-0, first game, or 33-3. Right. Second yeah. game was 43-0. Third game was, uh, who the fuck did they play in the third game? Was it? No, they played Bills week four, and the Bills were 16-10. They yeah. were close. The third week. They played somebody crappy, and they beat the hell out of them, too. So, yeah, I mean, I don't – I have a hard time getting to anything with the Giants and having certainty that they'll score anything. All right. Um, yeah, I tend to be on board with what you're saying there. We had a little background music coming through here with a nice truck sitting out here enjoying the day while we give you this show. Um. Talk to me about some of your top quarterback plays, your top running back plays. You know, let's go through some of your top plays for the week, and then let's go through some of your, like, not top plays and guys to avoid. On DraftKings? Would you like me to pull up DraftKings for this? I have DraftKings. All right, well, let me pull up DraftKings for the people at home here. Do you want want to talk about DraftKings or season? Well, no, I'm saying, like, (laughs) DraftKings makes more sense because it'll apply to season long as well, but it makes more sense because DraftKings is a pick-em type of service, you know. Okay. Well, uh, as far as the quarterback position goes, um, this I'm going to hit you with the first one. I'll get it out of the way early. I'm falling in love with finally being able to play Kirk Cousins this week. Uh, we've seen him throw it around a little bit last week. was very efficient. we also seen uh, Adam Thielen get involved. So that was kind of the squeaky wheel narrative that we were talking about last week. And now he faces a Philadelphia secondary who... Uh, every team in the league has just absolutely annihilated aside from the Jets, which the Jets yeah. annihilate themselves. So. He's costing 5200 this week if we're talking Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is one of my favorite quarterback plays on the whole board. Uh, he could absolutely be behind this game. I, I don't see a script. I mean, he could in theory. But, I mean, it's a pretty neutral spread, like I believe. Now, granted, we don't love anything about his entire line this season except for last game. No, I understand, but we we hate everything up until the last game. Uh, We're talking about, you know, being against literally, man, one of the worst secondaries in the league. Sure, their offensive line does generate pass rush. That is one thing to be uh, cognizant of. But their secondary can't guard anybody. It's me out there trying to guard professional receivers, like, so I'm you. And, you sold insurance. You don't even play football no more. That's what I'm saying. I ain't played football <laughs> in a long time. So I mean, uh, I'm I'm really enjoying Kirk Cousins this week. Uh, as far as the other ones, obviously, I'm gonna go to the two obvious spots in Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that spread moved. Check this out, man. So that uh that line opens up five and a half Chiefs point or five and a half points Chiefs favorite. Yeah. Fifty and a half total. Yeah. Okay, that line is now still the line has moved down to Chiefs uh, minus five now. Okay, 
but the over under has moved up four fucking points. What is it at now? 54. 54 for an over under. 54. Like, well, we've been wrong before, guys, but we're going to say it again. There's going to be some scoring there. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not going to be wrong. This is Vegas. I'm not going to be wrong. Uh, I, I, and I do think Vegas, following the Vegas lines, following the Vegas movement and things like that, that's very important for people to be doing, especially uh, in the daily fantasy industry, just for the simple fact that gives you an idea of stuff. Like, if you remember correctly, uh, on Monday night, I looked at the spread and I seen, hmm, your Cowboys are only eight and a half point favorites. And what did I immediately say to you? Sam Darnold must be playing. That type of stuff, because they would clearly be a bigger favorite than eight and a half points if Sam Darnold was playing. You'd think so. So looking at that kind of stuff, it gives you an indication of things to come. So if the line is rapidly moving like that, Vegas set it at 50 and a half. The public, don't get me wrong, the public thinks that the game is going to shoot out. That's why the line has gone up. So uh, this game is going to be pretty chalky overall. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes is going to be very high owned and deservedly so, but I uh, love both of them in this spot. So, top no, you three mean Deshaun Watson as well, yeah. That's what I meant. What did I say? You said Lamar, but you're good. That's what I meant. Um, yeah, I'm actually looking at the Baltimore Cincinnati game. I'm actually, you know what? I have a different opinion than you. Like, I think that a lot of the games on this slate could absolutely. It's very, like, one way or another, it looks like to me. Like, you got Carolina, Tampa Bay. I think that could be very high scoring. And then you turn around, and you got Cincinnati and Baltimore, and I feel kind of the same way about that. Cincinnati is another one of these teams that gets garbage time points. But then you have these other matchups, like Philly, Minnesota. I don't think that's going to be that high scoring. (laughs) Like, I feel like they should actually play defense against one another. I can certainly see that game. Same with Green Bay, Detroit. Now, Atlanta, Arizona, I think that's going to be a... I hope that game comes in uh, very unpopular because uh, while everyone else is targeting Chiefs and Texans, and deservedly so, I'm probably going to attack Arizona and Atlanta. We know Atlanta can move the football. Uh, They do it week in and week out. And Arizona's the worst in the league against quarterbacks, receivers, tight ends, running backs... Um, they wouldn't be able to cover your aunt's sister. Uh, I know Matt Ryan has no rushing uh, for, but, and me and you were just talking about this before we went on air, he throws the ball literally over 44 times a game. Yeah. That is the most volume in the league. And we're not talking about, like, this isn't coming from a Luke Falk. On a team like that. This is a high, very high potent offense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Such a high potent offense, they can even make Devontae Freeman look playable. Which he is 100% in play this week. Unfortunately, I have to agree, although he's still an aging, stewing pile of garbage. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'll just give you three quarterbacks. I'm going to give you the two from the same game, and I'll give you Kirk Cousins. I have about eight quarterbacks right now that I have interest in. I'll probably have that down to about six or seven by Saturday, and we'll talk about it then. All right, so what you said, what were the three then? Cousins and those other two? Cousins and then Mahomes, Mahomes and, and Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson. Okay. Um, what's a couple of quarterbacks you're avoiding hardcore, like no interest in? Um, 
and this is early still. Um, yeah. I'm probably going to end up playing this guy just because of his ceiling. But I will be the first one to tell you Lamar Jackson does kind of scare me a little bit this week just for the simple fact of he's at home. He's a 12-point favorite almost. Uh, typically speaking, quarterbacks in, in big uh, spreads like that typically underperform just because the script calls for them to turn around and hand the ball off. So that kind of limits yeah. our ceiling with a quarterback at home that's that big of a favorite. So uh -huh. I'm not saying that I'm fading Lamar Jackson in daily because I don't believe you can just because the ceiling's so You'd high. You'd be happy if Andy Dalton came out and threw the ball pretty well and got Cincinnati started strong. Yeah, because um, yeah. if th this game could turn ugly quick and Lamar Jackson is one person that does scare me this week. Now, as far as uh, complete fade, yeah, my complete fade is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. So they just plan on running the football there in San Francisco. They have no other intentions, okay? They want to run the football and play defense. They want to get yeah, after the get pastor. It to, get it to Kittle a few times. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. if you look at if you look at his lines, I mean, there's, there's a some. couple games where they're five catches. Yeah. Like, they literally want to run the football. So, uh -huh. I mean, obviously, Kittle is always in play because he's one of the top tight ends in the league. But Jimmy Garoppolo this week against a Rams secondary and a Rams defensive front who creates pressure, um, I'm I'm going to be completely out on Jimmy Garoppolo this week. Uh, yeah, I would say I'm somewhere in the same ballpark uh, with Sam Darnold. Um, coming back four weeks off the uh, kissing the kissing disease and uh, against the Dallas defense that absolutely is going to be looking to bounce back and make a statement after two really tough weeks against good football teams, they'll be happy to be back against a bad one. So I look for them to come out and make a statement and really get the ball turning over and uh, go in their direction. So, um, oh, I got locked on my screen here. Sorry about that, guys. Um, yeah, you want to go on to running backs? I'm good to move on whenever you want. All right, let's uh, hop on to running backs here. On the running back side, what you what you think about your top your top selections this week? Your top value play, and then another like your top picks for your your top end too. So, do you want me to go to the value first? Yeah, give somebody a value play this week. I mean, what do you consider value? I typically, unless there is a, unless there is like a massive injury that just automatically populates a, a bunch of a bunch of touches for a random guy. Um, I'm pretty stingy at the running back position on draft. Well, not stingy. I, I spend up quite a bit at the running back position. If I'm going to go with someone we'll call value under 6K, is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. If, we'll, if we call value under 6K, I'm going to bring two guys to your attention. Uh, one guy's in a very, very touch mat, tough matchup, and the other one is a, a guy that we touched on a little bit earlier in Devontae Freeman. Uh, look, I know a lot of people don't want to admit it. He looks bad out there, but he gets enough touches for him to be to for him to be viable in an offense that has touchdown equity. So I don't mind uh, Devontae Freeman this week against one of the absolute worst uh, defenses in all of football. And then Joe Mixon, uh, he's an interesting one. I believe 5,500 is probably the cheapest you're going to pay on Joe Mixon all year. Yeah, uh, that is a really, really cheap price tag. I'm having trouble getting to him early uh, just for the simple fact of uh, there's guys above him that I like that don't cost much more like Chris Carson. And also the fact that he's a 12 point road dog. 
That scares the hell out of me. Uh, that screams 45 passing attempts for Andy Dalton. Now, that could be good for us, and we get mixing catches. Uh, yeah, but that's hit and miss. But, right, and that's just who hit and miss that I'm having trouble paying the 5500 uh right now. Um, yeah, I wanted to point out on Devontae Freeman, ignore the Arizona's uh, opposing rank against running backs there because he doesn't, so far this season, he's done all of his damage in the pass catching game. Like, um, if you go and look at his stats, he gets almost no rushing yards each, each game. He's pretty much a receiver. So that's how they're going to utilize him. It's horribly frustrating to see him keep salvaging 10 and 11 and 12 point games when he doesn't earn them whatsoever by doing anything productive on the field. Then he ends up falling into the end zone on a reception screen pass, usually in the red zone. So uh, be aware of that. What's the deal with Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy? It looks like they're kind of LaShawn really took a step back last game. Yeah, and uh, he lost the fumble uh, that was setting them up to be in the red zone as well. So uh, it's not it's not looking good for Shady Stock. I did see Damian Williams uh, play solid, nothing impressive by any means. Right. Uh, but I also seen Daryl Williams in there as well. So so start avoiding the Kansas City backfield yeah. until we get something figured out. We're looking at like a complete timeshare. Uh, I believe Tyreek Hill. Is trending towards playing this week, Get out which of here. gives my interest in Mahomes. That's why I listed him as one of my top plays. Is because uh, the threat of Tyreek Hill being there obviously just takes the ceiling off of what Patrick Mahomes can do. So, uh, as far as the Kansas City backfield goes, I'm I'm staying as far away from it as I possibly can. All right, cool, cool. Let's um. What do you think about Derrick Henry against your Bronco defense? They showed up and played last week, but the week before gave up 225 to Fournette, or F-Dog as I like to call him. Yeah, so the week that they gave up 225 to Leonard Fournette, Derrick Wolf was injured. Uh, Derrick Wolf is by far like the heart and soul of the defensive line. Like okay. gets them fired up. Uh, he's also the best run defender on that defense. Run defender. Run he's defender. <laughs> on that defensive line. So I think that's why we've seen the improvement in the run defense last week. Uh, with that being said, I can't say that I have a lot of interest in Derrick Henry. Uh, for me for me to see him paying off for you, it's going to be uh, in, to get in the end zone. And that's just not something I like to predict on a week-in, week-out basis. So Yeah, uh, shout out to you reason, standard league players that – yeah. Somehow do that year in and year out and, and are able to sleep at night and love your family and hug and kiss them. But I don't know how you do it. I got one standard league and it pisses me off like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Quarterbacks are so damn valuable. Um, I, Obviously, I, I, I do enough research to know where the touchdowns go, but I'm not in the business of predicting touchdowns. Yeah. So like we obviously uh, know who scores the most and who scores more frequently, but it's still predicting touchdowns like. A few weeks ago, like, there was third, third, like, look at Darren Fells last week. Yeah. How the fuck am I supposed to tell you I'm Darren supposed, Fells right. gets two touchdowns? I'm not what? in the business of, of no. what I can do is give you numbers to break down to make your own informed if, decision. If y'all quit watching this show because we didn't tell you about Darren Fells, you just well start praying on stuff or asking Nostradamus. Yeah. Because we ain't got nothing, no one's giving you that. Yeah. Uh, so, Darren Fells would have told you that's unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
Darren Fell's mom didn't even pick him last uh-uh. week. All right, she so. did not have her son in fantasy last week. She lost out on that, as did the rest of the public. I imagine everyone except for some guy's wife that doesn't know and thinks Fells sounds funny, so she picked it. Right. Um, so, I mean, as far as the top end, like look at a McCaffrey stick. questionable. Didn't practice Wednesday due to a back injury. Maybe he shouldn't be flipping over people and landing on said back. He's not. I mean, he was dealing with cramps. That's what, I know that's what they said in game, but I got him as a questionable tag and he didn't go Wednesday. That's all I can see right here. So. He, did, he didn't go Wednesday because he's won every single play for them so far okay. this season except for four. All right, Jones is telling you his back's fine. Uh, if I were you, I'd still monitor that closely from uh, leading up to that game. Um, let's go on to wide receiver, shall we? Jump on into wide receiver here. We got... Uh, well, we got the top end uh, prices, Julio Jones and Mike Thomas. I think my choice there is, oof, they're both against sweet sweetheart matchups. Uh, Patrick Peterson, he back playing for Arizona now? I think so, but is I'm that, not sure. Does that matter as far as with Julio? Uh, no, that, that, that doesn't matter to me personally. Because, He's an old man now. Well, there's just not enough team defense out there you know what i mean like yeah. we talk about it all the time if your defensive line doesn't get pressure uh it doesn't matter how good you can cover because i mean it's seven seconds anytime you give somebody seven seconds someone's getting open all right give these guys a couple early value plays from the receiver position yeah dude there's so many value plays i know i know but you just got to give them a few you just got to give them a couple so the guy i'll start with i suppose uh that i have quite a bit of interest in and which I'm looking at ownership projections right now, and he's looking like the contrarian play, which I actually like this guy a little bit more because his production is uh, a bit more consistent. But I do have interest in uh, D.D. Westbrook this week. Okay, okay. Uh, Gardner Minshew has been playing solid. D.D. Westbrook still commanding his seven, uh, you know, his seven targets per game, which is something that I like against uh, who a guy that we've picked on all year. Well, if you haven't, you probably haven't been making much. P.J. Williams over in uh, Nolens. So yeah, that's Cajun Creole country. Yeah, we like uh, we like targeting him. We will continue to do that. Well, I'm going to continue to do that. I'm going to go back to the well on that. So, D.D. Westbrook, really, really fine play. I like him in uh, all formats. Uh, really high floor, in my opinion. And then, as far as still, if we're still under 6K. You're still looking at Chark as well in that matchup, right? I mean, I have no problem with him. But uh, where I'm seeing the biggest thing in... in Will he draw Lattimore? Yeah, he's going to draw Lattimore because he runs all of his uh, I just routes dealt with Amari Cooper with that. And not only that, pass. like I'm looking at uh, ownership early. Ownership has the discrepancy of 12%. So DJ Chark at 15 and D.D. Westbrook at 3. So if we're playing the ownership game, which if you're trying to win tournaments, you have to be doing, um, I'll take D.D. at that price for $400 cheaper, 12% ownership less. Yeah, I'll take D.D. Christian Kirk participated in practice today. So enjoy that this weekend. You're going to get a big dose. <laughs> a big dose. This is going to uh, throw a lot of people off, I'm sure, but I actually don't mind going to Stefan Diggs this week. Wow. Uh, he finally said it, ladies and gentlemen. He snapped. I mean, this secondary <laughs> against Philly is is pitiful, man. Like, uh, they're, they're down two of their starting corners for the year. Uh, they're down one of their safeties. 
So they're on a second or a third string safety. We haven't, we haven't told them to go to Dick's since week one. <laughs> that yeah. was because we didn't know any better yet. Well, I'm, I'm comfortable going Diggs. Diggs right. is going to be up against a fourth string cornerback. Diggs is, let me say that again. Diggs is going to be up against a fourth string cornerback. Now, for those of you listening to Espanol, that's fourth string quarterback. Let's move on. Yeah, so. Oh, wait, I jumped out of receivers here. Um, you said Tyreek Hill. We think he might go. Tyreek Hill is trending towards Practiced in a limited capacity today. Okay, so that's trending. If he is a full participant by Friday, then we all know that he is good to go barring any setbacks. Do you Sunday. like the what I consider two of the best number twos in the league in Calvin Ridley and Will Fuller this week? I mean, yes, I like them because of the high totals in the games and yeah. the quarterbacks that they do have yeah, uh, that can get him the football reliably. Um, I would prefer Ridley over Fuller because I believe Fuller is more expensive at 6K, right? Uh, yeah, it's like 55. Yeah, so I prefer Ridley over Fuller uh, just for the simple fact of price. Uh, right. Why do you guess I, I'm going to give you a price of someone and you tell me if you're interested in this price. 5,600 Juju Smith-Schuster. Well, you're talking about all the, like, 15 games late. Yes. <coughs> Am I interested over, like, the big slate? No. I'd be more interested over, like, the primetime slate. I'll have interest. Uh, Michael Gallup, another good wide receiver, too. Um against a team that's very bad against the receiver. Somehow good against the quarterback the Jets are, but bad against the receivers. Yeah, that's why I pay attention. I meant to mention this earlier. That's why I don't do that. Uh, look at defense, defense versus position. I, I calculate that in my own personal uh, weighting system, maybe about 10%. The true metric to see how good someone is against the run in the past is to be checking the DVOA from football outsiders. It it is the best it's it's the best formula that shows you current form and it is also the best predictor in future form okay so it tells you if it's going to regress either positively or negatively for that team so i don't like looking at defense first position because it doesn't tell the whole story and the only reason i say that is because there was a team that the cleveland browns had let up like I believe it was 22 points from the fan, from the tight end position through like four weeks. You listen to this? Like yeah. 22 points from the tight end position. So everyone's like, oh, Cleveland doesn't give up any points to tight ends. Not true. They faced fucking Ryan Izzo. Yeah. They faced Matt Lacoste. Uh-huh. They faced, um, oh, uh, who, who, did they, uh, who did they play in uh, week two? Yeah, week two? Who the fuck? They lost, right? Yeah, they lost every game. Who, but the Browns? The Jets. Oh, right. Oh, I see what you're saying. They hadn't played, yeah, because they hadn't played... Um, they hadn't played any real tight ends. Like, they took Ninjoku out of the game the first two seconds into that one, so there wasn't even, they didn't even have to face the starter there either. They didn't have, I mean, they, they haven't played any tight ends, so that's why I don't measure defense versus position, because there's more... There, there has to be context behind that number. You know what I mean? Like, if you're the best and you've played me, you, and Phil, then uh, who gives a fuck? 
Anybody can stop us. All right. I want to jump to a few guys that I think will be their normal behind situation. Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. Everybody's thinking that the Redskins, you have a spread on the Redskins-Miami game, right? What is it, like 40? I heard it was really low. Right over under? Like, look, we got to remember a couple things here. These teams are bad football teams, yes, but they're bad on both sides of the ball. They're using, they're utilizing backup quarterbacks, second-string quarterbacks. The over-under on this game is 41. But I think the bottom line is both of these teams can score on one another. You know, it could be a higher-scoring game because they're terrible on all aspects of the field. And I think that it could be, um, you know, definitely a situation where we get we get the over there because, like, the defenses are two of the worst in the league. The offenses, yes, two of the worst in the league, but... You know, this is a week where this Miami receivers could break out, where Kenyon Drake could finally have a good week. It's basically a first opportunity for all the players on each of these teams to finally do something good against bad competition. So at least be willing to take dart throws in those areas, I think, as well. I wouldn't be interested in Terry McLaurin, but that's because it looks like Xavier Howard's going to be in a shadow matchup, so... Um, that's the reason. Yeah, the I was leaning more towards the Dolphins guys because Josh Norman sucks. Yeah. Um, by all standards, I believe. Um, anybody you're fading there, real hardcore? What at the receiver position? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's gonna be a few guys that I fade. Like, I'm probably going to be fading uh, Sammy Watkins at his price tag. Okay. Probably going to be fading. And the only reason that I wouldn't be fading Will Fuller is simply because of the matchup. Like yeah. that's that's literally it. Or else I'd Definitely. be fading him. I'll more than likely be fading Alshon. Jordan Reed's still out, by the way. Probably even more than likely fading Amari. Amari Cooper. Yeah. Against that bad Jets secondary, huh? Yeah, he's he's just in the sandwich pricing. I'd rather. And you're afraid that the Cowboys could have a big enough lead that yeah. he might get out of work. I mean, would you? I would rather pay a hundred dollars less for Tyreek Hill. If he plays, yeah. Or I would right. rather pay a hundred dollars more for Cooper Cup. Well, theoretically, so like Tyreek Hill could get himself in the same position, couldn't he? Or do you think both those offenses will move the ball? Uh, both defenses are bad. Both offenses are too good. Uh, let's talk tight ends. Pretty interesting top list this week. Uh, Austin Hooper starting to creep up in there, getting pretty expensive in a really good matchup. Is this your best tight end pick of the week overall? No. Uh, I actually like the two guys ahead of him more uh, for two and $400 respectively. That's just too cheap on those two guys specifically. Uh, even, with two. The, even with the garbage time king? <laughs> yeah, even with the garbage time king. Uh, I, I really like Kittle and both Ertz this week. Those are the... Those are really dirt cheap price tags. Think about this. You paid that price at one point for Mark Andrews, and you're not going to pay it for George Kittle. You're not going to pay it for uh, uh, Zach Ertz. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, to me, that's a no-brainer. Uh, Gerald Everett, is that a possible play? Is he a possible play now? Same with, you know, Tyler Eifert. Stacks. 
Uh, I would not be playing him unless I'm playing Jared Goff. That is uh, the only way I'd be playing him just to have the correlation because... Oh, you set rules on that, do you? Yeah, I set rules on that because I'm not going to play him in a one-off situation because if he gets what I think is his, a ceiling game for him, which is 14 points, uh, you know, that's not going to do anything for me in the one-off position. So I'd rather have him in the correlation with Jared Goff. Well, give us a player you're going to fade if you want. Other than that, we can, uh, you know. A player I'm going to fade from the tight end Give us a couple of uh, stay away from tight ends as far as from the price per standpoint. Uh, um, my first one is going to be uh, Mr. Disley himself. Uh, we've seen the price come up almost a thousand from when we were clamoring to play him against the Cardinals two weeks ago. So Which he delivered on. Yeah, he delivered on and he also delivered last week with a solid outing of like eighteen. Okay. But uh I, I would rather find the three hundred dollars more and get to Kittle or find the five hundred dollars more and get to Ertz because their ceilings are much higher than a guy like Disley who is in a very touchdown dependent role uh for his big games. Okay, one more question. How do you feel about either Vernon Davis or he's questionable if he doesn't go sprinkle against that terrible Miami offense or defense? I mean, I have no interest. Um, same with Gasecki back against Washington. Same. I mean, we're talking about he doesn't that. get any looks. I, I see where you're going here, and, and where you're going completely makes sense. I'm not trying to discredit, you know, where you're going. Excuse me. Uh, my biggest problem with this is those guys just aren't very good from a football perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So it really limits what they can do, uh, you know, to get the big play. Like we've seen Vernon Davis now. We did see Vernon Davis in week one have that incredible play for like 60-something yards, old-school 07 Vernon Davis. Enough to piss a guy off. Well, I had a little bit of Vernon Davis, so. Trust me, it's enough to piss a guy <laughs> off. But uh, I, I just, I mean, you, maybe Vernon Davis, what is he, 3,400? I mean, maybe just because he's he costs he costs a less salary than he is years old. He would actually be, uh, you know, he's he's still a productive player. But I mean, we're just talking about guys with such low ceilings and even lower floors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Sprinkle can go out there and give you one one point eight one catch eight yards, two targets. That might be a, a good night for him. You know, so I mean. Like that's that's really deep digging deep into the bag of tricks. Like I, I won't have any of those guys just because they're not very good. All right, well that's about the that's about all we got for you guys for this show, Jones. You got anything else for these guys? Um, no. I monitor the David Johnson stuff until we come at you Saturday. I doubt we have any news on Saturday though. Yeah, we'll um we'll definitely have news for you Sunday morning on the live Twitch show. Uh we appreciate you guys. Be sure to hit that subscribe. We're out of here.